And now, this is the DDT Wrestling Podcast with DC Matthews and Doc Manson. Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I ask the hard-hitting questions here on DDT Wrestling, so I've got to know. How many towels do you use, like, on a regular basis? Okay. Um, well, DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. Uh, at any one time, I would have one towel, uh, you know, for, for drying off after a shower, uh, which would be used every day for that purpose. Um, I would also have a hand towel uh, in any one of the three bathrooms with which to dry my hands yeah. after using those. Then I would have a dish towel to dry dishes by the I'm sink. I'm talking bath towels. Like, how many are in your rotation? Do you use the same towel every day for a week and then just wash that one towel? Or do you do you have multiple? Ah. I would assume Mrs. Manson would not let you just have the one, so. Well, we do have multiple towels, um, but certainly I think we've got, you know, maybe four to eight that we rotate between, you know, since there's two of us, we, we are using two at any one time, um, and so, you know, I, I, I think uh, at most I would use the same towel for a week, but I bet you... She secretly is replacing them every three days or so, mm-hmm. and I'm just not observant enough yeah, I have, to notice. I have, like, I think four or five total that I kind of rotate through, and, you know, I, I, I do wash them. Let's, get, let's, let's make sure we establish that. I do wash them. Uh-huh. Um, maybe not every week, but I do wash them. Here's a question for you, though. Um, you say you have five towels that you're rotating between. Do you literally one day use one towel, use a different towel day two, a different towel day three, and then that? So by the end of the week, they're all dirty. None of them are washed, and maybe you just wash them all at once and start over. Is that so? What I try to do because I don't enjoy trying to dry off with a damp towel, so Uh I I try to give each towel a couple of days to kind of dry and sort of you know get ready for the next shower. Okay, so one, how wet are these towels? And two, uh, that's well, that's kind of a joke because uh, I mean it depends, I guess, where you live. Because um, the last place we lived, you know, that condo, um, yes, we would the towels would take a full twenty four hours to dry. I would say, and so if you happened to shower the night before, there was no way that towel was going to be dry you know, the next morning if you wanted to take another shower when you woke up. Um, but here, we have magical towels. I don't know if it's just because we're, well, I, I think it's because we're, we're in a more, you know, spacious area. There's, there's, are they, are they maybe insta-dry? Is that what you're trying to tell me? They're insta-dry no, towels? Well, I'm just saying, I think maybe it just doesn't stay as humid in the house as it stayed in the condo because they tend to dry no problem in as little as 12 hours. Um, so the constantly wet towel, while I, I acknowledge has been an issue in the past, I'm not, no longer seems not to be. They're not like wet, wet. They're just, there's. No, I understand. Now, do you, understand. do you rack them? Do you have a towel rack? Do you spread them out to dry? 
Uh, we do have a towel rack. Uh, so it's a we have two bars on the back of the door to the master bathroom. Um, so one for hers, one for me, his and hers. And um, let's see. I guess I would drape it over. And so sometimes I might fold it over so it's technically too thick, like two layers thick. And then sometimes sure. I might spread it out longer way. And then it's only a single. Yeah, I think this thick. is where I fall down. Is I toss them over the door. So I asked for two reasons. Number one, um, I was in your house while you took a shower this Saturday, which we'll get to as our segue into <laughs> the world of wrestling. Uh, but number two, every time I come in here to shut the door to record, I have to grab and sweep two or three, yes, two or three towels off of that door so that the door will shut. Here's a here's a follow up question, is is there water damage on this door? <laughs> no, no. Okay. I, I I tend to you know my whole philosophy, which I explained to Mrs. Matthews in one of those. Look, no, I'm right. Is I'm when I get out of the shower, I'm totally clean. I have scrubbed uh, soup to you know whatever is on the opposite end of soup, and so uh-huh. you know I'm clean. So this towel is now just washing off the water off of my clean body. And then so so if I don't wash the towels every week or so, that's not the end of the world because it's just it's just wiping clean cleanly water off of me. Right? Do you, quick question. Right? Quick question. One um Right? No. <laughs> um, no. But do you use each towel once? And then it gets dried or use it once. Then again, you're using your, your, your five towels one after the other. And you come back to that dirty towel from day one to use it a second time. But it's not dirty. You, it's clean you cycle water. back through. It's just, it's, 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 it's been, it's okay. been, it's been wiped on a clean Adonis body. And then more <laughs> like Adrian yeah. Adonis than any other. Yes. And then, yeah. and then hung back up. But I'm still, I still want the answer to the question. How I mean, how many times do you use an individual towel before washing it? Bef- before it gets uh, washed. Now, recently, the last probably few months or so, twice, maybe twice. I tend to wash. That's, I tend okay. to wash That's my towels. I tend to wash my towels now every week, or at least every week and a half. Um, okay. However, I had moments where I would go multiple weeks without washing them. Yeah. It was when I would take it yeah. off and it would kind of just, it would already be kind of hung in that position. Just the nature of the gravity of the water would just kind of already have starched it into place. So here's the thing. Um, so moisture is a breeding ground for bacteria. And, 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 and knowing, as you just said, that it takes several days for one of these towels to dry. No, it, it, they're dry. It just sometimes they're a little damp. That's not wet. That's. It's, I, 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 look, I'm acknowledging that this is not, <laughs> you know, going back 48 hours later and you're going to wring the towel no. out. Like, I. No, but damp is wet. Dampness is moisture. Okay. Uh, don't know if you yeah. knew this. I'm following and, you. So as a breeding ground for bacteria, oh, and I know you're going to say, ah, but Doc, I, I, I've wiped down the Adonis body, so there is there is no bacteria. Um, so 
A, false. Uh, the bacteria this is a great does stay on your body. It's totally frozen. Doc Manson, that Doc Manson, I can no longer see you oh. or hear you. You are gesticulating mm. like you're making a point, and I can't. Well, I can see you. I, now I can see you, and now I can hear you. Interesting. But as I was saying. Okay, we're, let's just um, keep going. Yeah, let's just keep going. We're almost ah. done. It's almost one fifty. I mean, seriously, whatever. It's almost uh, the, the, the the there is still bacteria on your body when when you are done showering, so that will transfer uh, to the towel and and, and beyond that, um, bacteria is what we like to call uh, ubiquitous. It is everywhere. Uh, there's an experiment that we do it, or. I don't know if they still do it, but we used to do in like the first week of the uh, microbiology laboratory where you would take a Petri dish. So this is a, uh, you know, 100 millimeter across plastic dish that uh, nutrient agar has been solidified into. So it's this it's this uh, nutritious sort of surface upon which you can grow bacterial colonies, right? There's enough nutrition in it that they grow and they form these little dots, which are really just clonal colonies of thousands, well, not thousands, billions, really, of bacterial cells. Um, so if you just take a Petri dish, take the lid off, and just leave it open to the air, and then you know close it 20 minutes later, and then incubate that plate, you get numerous colonies of bacteria, all sorts of different things. Just from being exposed um, to the air. Just from being exposed to the air. So knowing that, plus the fact that this dampness resides in the towel for an extended period so of time. So what you're saying is I have the Black Death, is, is, is what you're saying. Look, I'm not saying that you've contracted Yersinia pestis, no. But what I am saying is they're probably not as clean as you'd like to believe. Which is so you should probably <clears throat> apologize to Mrs. Matthews because she, I think probably without even hearing her side of it, she was probably more correct than well, you. Well, that that's that's just a constant <laughs> state of being. <laughs> is in that. Uh, no, I do. I have washed them, and I do notice, and I'm not going to say a difference, like I don't feel like I'm particularly healthier, but it's nice to have a pile of totally clean towels than to, that a fold, like a folded pile that I can take from, as opposed to just like reaching up and touching each one and being like, which one feels ready for action? Mm. Have you experienced this one? Um, because again, in the in the condo, uh, those towels did say did stay damp for extended periods of time, and so eventually, what happens is even if you wash the towels, even if you're putting them through the washer and the dryer and all that, um, you would use them once, and if you really like, just sort of inhaled the towel, you know, it would just have this this sour smell. To no. It. no, no, this because if you do, you might consider um, if you don't have a washer capable of doing like a sterilizing wash with like steam um you might try using baking soda or or even vinegar in with the wash that that does help quite a bit no we don't have that problem like when we wash them it's fine like we don't have we okay. don't have an Good. excess of moisture that i have found but thank you thank you dr manson i appreciate yeah this. i mean you just you look moist to me so i just wanted to 
Much, much like Mrs. Matthews being right, DC Matthews is constantly moist. We'll go with that. Um, but yes, uh, Saturday, uh, I woke up at 4.15. Mrs. Matthews uh, originally saying that me setting an alarm would be no big deal. That proved to be wrong. Um, <laughs> False. She, she, she did not enjoy the 4.15 wake up, but I was at... Manson Manor a little bit after five and the greatest thrill of all was that because I expected to you know have to call wait a few minutes Doc Manson and Oscar outside in the pre-dawn doing their business he set an alarm folks that is the kind of dedication and love 4.45 a.m. on a Saturday the earliest the earliest I have been awake Maybe ever. <laughs> what time? No, what time true, is your but... usual? What time does the alarm normally go off? Uh, Six thirty. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. No, yeah. normally I this I don't remember the last time we had an alarm, which is why it was such a violent thing. Normally, I tend to I am the alarm clock for my wife at around six. I tend to you know rouse her out of bed. Yeah, and, sure. But um, but yes, we were there to watch an Australia show. Um. Doc val- a showdown of sorts. Doc valiantly watched two two and a half hours before he pulled the laptop out and started working on a writing project and really just checked out for about an hour until the main event. <laughs> yeah, well, in all fairness, nothing happened on that show. <laughs> we have a new cruiserweight champion. I'd like to point out. Uh huh. Like I said, nothing happens uh, of any merit or importance on that show. We had a, a double turn apparently to end that show. That's what they're calling it. The, Wait, the brothers of destruction have turned heel. Turn? But it's really just a single turn, except two people turn. Well, and DX Triple H, who had been a heel for the most part, the last time we saw him, he was wrestling Kurt Angle and Ronda Rousey as the he's- corporate guy. Now he's back to DX. Triple H. Okay. Okay. Well, a double. It's a weird one because tri- because okay. tri- uh, Shawn Michaels was not a heel, but no. there there were a co- maybe it's a one and a half, maybe it's a turn and a half. Yeah, sure. Uh, but yeah, and this isn't over because I don't know if you've been keeping up with the world of wrestling. I'll presume that I once again am resuming the role. You're going to be so out of the loop when Stephanie and whichever B name is still alive, Beverly, I think, uh, take over the show. Are you sure Beverly's not the one who passed? I think Bethany died. Hmm. We'll see if we get an email from uh, the coroner with any updates. I'm just going to check. Bethany is the one who passed That's what I said. Beverly is still alive. So when Stephanie and Beverly take this over, you know what would be funny? If Mm. we did a whole Bosom Buddies thing. And just decided to take on the roles of Stephanie and Beverly. Didn't change. Hello! <laughs> I was going to say, didn't change our voices at all. Oh. <laughs> and I, I, you know, I would, of course, be Stephanie and you could be Beverly. And, you know. I'd really just rather be Mrs. Doubtfire, but, you know, that's fine. Ah, uh, it's such a good movie. The cake just on sit her quietly face. And, and Robin Williams, about man. Robin Williams. Mrs. Doubtfire. Ugh. Robin Williams. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm assuming that I'll fill you in. Shawn Michaels is coming out of retirement. and Yeah, I, um, I watched 
raw this week. I watched maybe hey. maybe an hour of it. I'll take it. I saw DX make their little <laughs> announcement. And I don't remember much else. Did you see the Lashley Kevin Owens double turn? There was a double turn. I did see that. I wasn't aware that a turn had occurred Lashley's there a either. Heel now. He attacked. It seemed like he was a heel when that match started. But not the week before. He came out ah. a heel without the t- the turn happened when we weren't looking. I'm assuming you'll have to excuse me having not been paying attention. I well, just no, presumed but when you watched Super Showdown, he was there teaming with John Cena against was he? Yes, Lashley and Cena versus uh, Kevin Owens and Elias. I barely remember this. John Cena won with the sixth move of Doom. Yeah, yeah, the punch. Very impressive. <laughs> His hair was more impressive. I turned the uh, show off, raw off, uh, when Elias was on the screen. Uh, he just was not doing anything for me. Okay. I, I went away. Well, you missed some other heel turns, just so you know. Nikki Bella's a heel again. Actually, both Bellas are apparently heels again. Not sure Great. how that's going to work with Daniel Bryan. But we're getting Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey at Evolution. But we already knew that, even though we didn't know that. We knew that. Like, we've literally known that for months. Yeah. I don't understand why they had this facade of of not naming her partner. Like, on the Super Showdown, they literally had Ronda versus an opponent yet to be named. But we've literally been hearing this for months, that this is what that card was going to be. I d- yes, but that was all rumor, hearsay. Can I just here? Here's the thing. I think I finally have figured out why I I'm I have fallen out of love with the WWE to some extent. Okay. Um, and I think it's strange because to some degree, I follow me on this. I think wrestling fans have a lot in common with comic book fans. I I feel like there's a fair deal of overlap. In fact, in those demographics, the real hardcore comic fans love nothing more than than to know a character's complete history and backstory. It doesn't matter if that character's been rebooted a hundred thousand times in different versions of Earth, Earth One, Earth twenty seventeen, whatever. They don't care. They but they know the full history. They they relish in the Wikipedia articles. They learn it all. And whenever something happens that's completely out of character, you know, they just they completely complain about it. But but my point is, my point is, comic book fans love continuity, continuity of the characters of the storylines. They everything that happened before, as it still exists, it's still out there. It doesn't just get negated, and they they love that. And when you do something that negates it, that's when comic book fans start getting uppity. When you suddenly change a character in a way that, even though it could make perfectly good sense, so like 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 more recently. Um, this is maybe a hot button issue for some people, but Bobby Drake, right, Iceman, um, he recently has become a openly gay character in the Marvel universe, which is great and all. Uh, I have no problems with that. But there's a lot of comic book characters, or I'm sorry, comic book fans who say, "Okay, like I don't." Again, separating from, I'm sure there are some comic book fans out there who are just homophobic and whatever. Um, that, well, I'm not talking about those people. The ones I'm talking about, are the ones who say. Okay, like I'm fine with this, but that's not that's not 
Iceman. You know what I mean? That if you wanted to do this, that's fine. But why wouldn't you do it with a new character? Why do you negate uh, a character who's been there since the inception of the Marvel Universe? Why do you suddenly now have introduced all these decades later uh, this character trait, which is not part of the character that we know? Um, Anyways, a little off topic, but long-winded way of me saying that as we've as we've admitted many times there is, there is little to no continuity in wrestling and they're so willing to just completely negate everything that came before not just negate it but completely ignore it in a way mm-hmm. um and, and that's just what i'm talking about here like this whole thing with nikki bell like when when something like that comes out you need to just lean into it you need to embrace it and say okay it leaked here it is you, you can't just pretend like you've got this master story and you're just going to stick to your guns and just pretend for three months head in a hole like nothing nothing is happening outside of the story that you're telling and how you want to tell it. That's not how the medium works. It's a live medium. It has to breathe and grow and evolve um, as, as things get out there. It's just the way it has to be or you're going to put on a boring product. And... I think this is just another example of of that. Why? Why spend all this time just to get exactly where everybody knows you're going? And I know you can make the argument, ah, oh, well, they're free to tell whatever story they want. You're just along for the ride. But again, because of the way that this medium works as as a live quote unquote you know sporting event, I I just I think I don't think you can be that unresponsive. You need to be willing to roll with, with those developments. You can't just, you just, you just I, I don't think you can ignore it. And when you do ignore it, again, it just, it just comes across to me as, as spinning your wheels and you spent three months to get where we all knew you were going and that's just not compelling television, mm-hmm. at least to me. Well, you bring up a lot of great points. And one of the things I'm thinking is, it feels like what you're saying is in many ways, whether it's the internet or social media or any of that, has caused a shift. Because if you didn't know, then this is hard to imagine, but let's say that you had gone completely off the grid in terms of social... You weren't going to Lords of Pain. You weren't reading uh, Twitter clickbait or any of that sort of stuff. You were completely ignorant. And so you turned this on to watch. There might still be part of you that's like, it feels like Nikki Bella doesn't really belong with Ronda Rousey. The two of them are very different characters. And so when the turn happened, you might not have been, you might have been like figures, but you wouldn't have been, this is because this is a problem. You may, I, okay, you're making a good point. You are making a good point about if I did cut myself off from all of that, how would my expectations of the product change? But the one thing I just want to throw out there is, to some extent, I think that's a straw man argument, if only because the WWE themselves embrace social media. Yes. I can't watch that show without seeing a Twitter ticker across the bottom of the screen. No. They talk about the universe. They want us they, they're always talking about us being an active component of that show. Yes. You can't just make that lip service. You can't just keep saying that. You need to actually No, but they don't. But they, what they're, they're asking for you to participate, and they're asking for you to 
to join the conversation and have all the things that they can put at the crawl at the bottom. They're not. No, but my asking... point is, they can't have it both ways. No, you can't ask me to be part of the conversation and then ignore that the conversation exists. But it's not the conversation that you're talking about. We're talking about the fact that people go out of their way to try to snap a picture of a format sheet. You know, I'm at the pay-per-view. I go over to the technical side. If I see a copy of the Hell in the Cell booking sheet, I'm going to take a picture of that and post it on social media and leak everything that's going to happen. And this is this is where I'm coming from. If they're yeah. going to roll with every leak, with every WWE writer or someone backstage who happens to send information to someone who then posts it online, they're no longer even writing week to week. They have to write minute to minute because as soon as you hear, oh, hey, Lita's backstage, people are going to assume she's going to be there for something. And now you've got to rewrite the show. I mean, you're not wrong. They would have to be more responsive. But at the same time, in this particular instance, once the cat's out of the bag, you can't put the cat back in the bag. You know what I mean? So. Once it's out there, it's leaked. Even if it came because it was a snap of a thing and a production thing, first of all, try to increase your security because that shouldn't be happening. But second of all, it, once it's out there, fine. Just say yes. This is the plan for evolution. Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey. And then you can tell the story. You can still go with them being friends and saying, hey, I want. I'm, it's great that this is out there now. We can talk about it. We're going to go out there and we're going to tear it down because we are two professionals. I respect you. And hey, let's team up at Super Showdown to take on Yeti. And then you can still have the heel turn. You can still embrace the same basic storyline that you wanted to tell to begin with, but you're just not ignoring mm-hmm. what's actually happening in the real world. Well, that is kind of what is happening is it feels like And maybe it's, again, I feel like our entire conversations, ever since we were writing to each other and not talking on a podcast, we go back to CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. I feel like CM Punk and Daniel Bryan were these two, let's not call them internet darlings, but these two people that kind of, the the populace rose up and were like, this is who we want to see. And when CM Punk quit, and when Daniel Bryan get in, got injured, it really did feel like they were like, forget it. We're done. We're not, you know, we want you to participate. We want the kids to participate. We want you to comment on the new DX shirts that we're hoping you're going to buy because they're skeletons doing this because they're 80 freaking years old and doing all of that sort of stuff. Um, but we're no longer going to, it doesn't feel like they're paying a huge amount of attention to what we know yeah. you're hope you're what you're wishing they would admit that there is an intelligent fan base out there that is aware sometimes of what is going on and to have the respect to say yes we are right. we are booking nikki well, versus ronda or we're gonna we're gonna head down this kurt angle baron corbin road and we're just gonna keep going there but but here here's the other part of it though because while yes that is basically what i'm saying um at the same time i don't have a problem with a show like Lucha Underground that's just scripted and following a, a path. But admittedly, there's a lot less leaks happening there. But then I start thinking about, okay, and admittedly, I'm not overly familiar with these properties, you know? But it's my impression from the outside that Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling don't have these same issues, where literally they will try to just erase an entire history 
of a character up to a point in the WWE. In those other companies, it just seems like they're just rolling with it. They're just embracing the stuff that the fans like, and they just keep building and building and building. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it might just be because WWE is trying to tell more soap opera style stories that that's where they get into trouble. But like, I mean, because again, like Jason Jordan being Kurt Angle's son. Yeah. Oh yeah. Admittedly, he's injured and all that. But like, that would never happen in these other companies. It's a bad idea to begin with. Um, and at some point, they're just going to have to forget about it. There's a guy who wears a lizard mask. Now he's not claiming to be the son of anybody, but and 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 there is, you know, I will say, Matanza Cueto is not Dario Cueto's brother and again it's a scripted thing this is that you know this is that sort of show i found it very strange to watch triple h talking about respect and i'm like every time you put on that corporate character where's the respect piece coming from like correct you know this is this is this is i commented on twitter about you know the corporate anti-establishment is back. That's what DX is at this point. It's such a caricature of nothing. They stand for nothing. And it's exactly what you're talking about. Triple H, as this corporate figure, how do you talk about respect? Where do you get off talking about respect now? This is such a joke. You can't just oscillate between these two extremes. You can't be, you cannot literally be introduced as the COO of the company and also be the guy who's talking about, I've got two words for you Mm -hmm. because you're going to take down the, you know, you can't, you can't be going back to that group that, that bringing back those values. You can't be harping on that when that is so, not what you are anymore. It just reeks of desperation and poor storytelling. Well, it is so out of the ordinary that when I see these things on Twitter that say, whatever crown prince is in Saudi Arabia has is giving them all of this money, because this is a conversation point I did want to get to. He apparently said to them, I would like to see DX, please. Sure. And so it feels like this is okay. WWE is now in this instance, and hopefully not others, but definitely in this instance, you are now not performing for your audience. You are performing for one guy with a very big checkbook who is saying, I would like to see DX, please. I would like to see a tournament that has John Cena, Kurt Angle, Jeff Hardy and Randy Orton. That's our World Cup. You know, the WWE Crown Jewel. Now, I loved, if you didn't watch Baron Corbin and that gimmick battle royal, you really need to because there was a wrestler called the Chilean Sea Bass. And Kurt Angle? Uh, no, Kurt Angle was a conquistador and was hilarious in that. It was a great, it was Wrestle Silly. I loved it. It worked. Um, but now Kurt Angle's in that tournament. And I'm like, again, do I want to watch Kurt Angle wrestle John Cena? Sure I do. I like both those guys. But this looks like it is a fanboy's dream. It is if somebody grew up in the, you know, in the 2000s and suddenly came into all this money and wanted to throw his very own personal wrestling show, that's what he's getting. 
So, yeah. so it's it's just interesting to me. I feel like I don't think WWE was like, hey, let's bring back DX. But they were like, hey, we have this opportunity to make a ridiculous amount of money if we bring back DX. Let's figure out some way to do it. I guess so. I just I don't love it, especially when we get to the gender issues, which I don't want to go into about the whole Saudi Arabia thing. But the fact that there's probably not going to be any women's matches on this show. Then again, there's a whole women's pay-per-view coming up and people are complaining about that, too. Are they? Uh, Alexa Bliss is now teaming with Mickey James to take on Trish and Lita. It was supposed to be singles matches. And the, the, hmm. the story I saw online was they didn't want to announce Nikki versus Ronda. So they figured they would announce these two singles matches, and then once they were ready to announce Nikki versus Ronda, they could turn this into a tag team match and still have a bunch of marquee matchups. I personally think it's better that you're asking these women who have not regularly wrestled in 10 plus years not to have to be in a singles match. They can just kind I, of lean on each other a bit. I agree, but I I would feel better about it if they weren't both on the same team. True. If it was like, Trish and Mickey versus Alexa and Lita or something like that. Or something. Have somebody currently on the roster on each team to do the actual heavy lifting. That's fair. I, that's a fair I, point. That's how I would do it, but hey, whatever. I, it's, you know, I also heard a rumor, and this was a while ago, that Alexa Bliss was injured. And so if she's battling an injury, she can't be asked to go out there and carry Trish Stratus to a good match. So this is the Mickey James show, which again, I don't mind, but yet people, you know, and I also think this has something to do with people complain about everything that WWE does. There's somebody complaining about I mean, in about fairness, it. I spent a very long time on this show just earlier complaining about everything. No, but see the difference, doing. the difference with what we do. And I tried to be the Pope of Positivity. Yeah, we're right, damn it. But the difference difference is, you say, this is why I don't like it, with all of this evidence and a compelling argument as to why you don't like it. A whole bunch of people just spend 280 characters going, this sucks, WWE sucks, I don't know why I'm even watching. And then you watch them over the period of three or four months send that tweet every time, and you're like, well, dummy. (laughs) You keep hitting yourself in the face. Stop hitting yourself in the face. Eli Drake would give you the same advice. So, I, you know, there, there were things about the Australia show I liked. I enjoyed the Charlotte-Becky Lynch match. I loved that Buddy Murphy won the Cruiserweight title. Um, I, but I enjoyed being at Manson Manor with you and your lovely wife and your lovely dog more than the show. There is a very good chance if I had watched that show at home, I would have turned it off by myself because I was just really? like AJ versus Joe was good. Yeah, um, it was. Daniel Bryan and the Miz was three minutes long. And obviously they're going yeah. somewhere with that, which is fine. Um, it, it started to drag a bit. The, yeah. the shield versus the Strowman Ziggler McIntyre thing. I'm, I don't want to be the guy that complains about, the order of the booking of the show. But at the same time, like, I, really? 
Triple H Undertaker at the end of that show? Well, you could see that was coming the entire time because that was the big story on Raw for weeks. Let's interview all of these older wrestlers to talk about this feud. Let's have them come out time after time. Then Triple H brings in Michaels. Then Kane shows up. So you could tell that that was the big story. And that's going to probably main event Saudi Arabia. Despite the fact that there's AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan, despite the fact that it's Lesnar versus Strowman versus Reigns, yeah, I imagine we close by the that time show. we get by the time we get to Saudi Arabia, isn't it just going to be the Miz versus Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles versus Samoa Joe? Like, isn't it just going to be a fatal four way? I'd love to see it. Samoa Joe, as far as I could tell, was not on SmackDown. I didn't watch every second of it, but I didn't see him. Hmm. So maybe he stayed in Australia. Just riding a kangaroo around. He's practicing his graps against those drop bears. Uh, but yeah, it was a it was a decent show. I enjoyed it, but I, I will say four hours of it would there was a little like yeah. I think once you checked out, I checked out a little bit. My favorite part of that show was the uh, pumpkin spice gluten free pancakes with chocolate chips uh, that I had. Right around... Did you really eat seven of them? Six in the morning. Um, I believe I had... I had maybe six. Okay. Because I had, I think, three or four of the regular ones, because Mrs. Manson's very nice and made those as well. But then I also had a donut, because I had to bring her Boston cream. So I suppose... Thank you for the coffee. That was immensely helpful in... uh, at least getting me through the first part of the You're, morning. You were very welcome. It was enjoyable to share with friends. We were sorry GQ couldn't attend. We missed him. It's true. Um, the only thing on my list, we actually wound up covering just about everything on my list. Uh, next week is SmackDown 1000. Evolution will be there. Uh, the Rock might show up. Who's Evolution again? Triple H, Batista. Well, that's the other thing. Triple H, Batista, Flair, and Orton. Yeah. How are they going to pull that off? I don't know. Unless Triple H has... Maybe Triple H needs to see Dr. Shelby and have a split <laughs> personality disorder. Because he's going to have to show up in a suit for that stable. He can't show up in his leather jacket. Uh, uh, what up? What up? What up? Yeah. But Rey Mysterio's wrestling Shinsuke, which is oh, okay. kind of cool. That'll be half of a good match. <laughs> we have an email address. Um, we got eight emails, which was not the Baker's Dozen I hoped for. but the it was Baker's Dozen! But it was more than half of the Baker's Dozen I hoped for. Um, we got one from uh, a new person, maybe. I'm a little suspicious. Um, Evan Bonass. Bonassi. Bonass. I don't know how you would pronounce that name, uh, but the email just says trivia. Did you know you can submit trivia questions or thoughts about pro wrestling by emailing podcast at ddtwrestling.com signed daddy? That's the that's part our that email address. I know. He just basically sent us an email shilling our show. Did you know you could submit trivia questions and thoughts about pro wrestling by emailing podcast at ddtwrestling.com? I did know that, Daddy. Well, now Uh, I know it even more. So, the first real email 
Uh, Thanks, Evan Daddy. Yeah, I, with zero followers on Twitter. Um, the first email comes from Darren, a.k.a. Mags. Now, Darren, if you've been following recently, Darren has admitted he has a problem. He yes. listens to 28 regular podcasts and then many just intermittent podcasts. So he's he's just being orally stimulated 24-7. Sounds pretty great. <laughs> Let's get to the email. Bonjour, DC. Iduk. Is that even close? Because I don't... I don't speak French. The first part was good. I don't know where you got. I don't know where you got Duke from, but that's okay. Is it et? Is that? Is that eat? What? What is the et? Eh? 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 Bonjour, d'ici et Duke. Duke. Am I a Duke now? Yeah. Uh, firstly, I am fine with you saying my name. The Dej part in my is my is my wait. The Dej part is my four, four name, name initials. initials, and I pronounce them to rhyme with sledge. Dej. Dej, the Dej part. The Kirkby part is my surname, and it's pronounced to rhyme with workba. So Kirkba. Kirkba. So that Y is different. Now, DDT UK, you don't have a lot of time because we're almost done. This is episode 149, I believe. Is this 149? Dej Kirkba. Doc? Is this 149 huh? or 148? I have no idea. Why, why do you ask me these things? Damn it, Doc. <laughs> it's probably, let me see here. I'm if looking. It would load, this is 148. Oh, okay. So we have a little bit more time. We still only have two or three episodes left. Um, I want to know about the, the forename piece because those are his forename initials. Now, we have first names, and I'm assuming we have middle names. Um, but you only have one middle name, correct? I guess. What what is forename initials? I'm not I, I guess so, I'm not familiar with the term. I believe in the UK you have multiple middle names. Like his name is I'm gonna go with Darren Edgar Jackson Kirkba. Like okay. people people in ah. Britain tend to have multiple kind of family names. Do you have a confirmation name? Did you get, I do. Do I you do. remember what it so, is? Uh, I do remember what it is. Okay, so you don't I guess need to my forename initials would be Doc, whatever your middle name is, and then I guess yeah. you would throw your con- confirmation name in there. Yeah. What is your confirmation Deeple? name? Are you allowed to share that? Sure, it's Leo. 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 Okay, where'd that come from? Do you remember? Well, my actual given middle name is after one of my grandfathers. So this is and your other. So one. the other grandfather was my confirmation. I believe mine is Jonathan, and I could not tell you for the life of me why why I went with Jonathan. You look like a Jonathan. Thank you. I had a friend whose confirmation name was Maximus. I really wanted to go with Ezekiel, but uh, oh, nobody was going to approve that. So <laughs> Ezekiel Manson. That should be whenever you reveal. The real name. I know you legally changed it to Doctor or Doc. Of course, yes. But Doctor Ezekiel Manson. That's a there you that's go. a that's a crime show I want to watch. <laughs> All right. So yeah, somebody help us out, Glenn, Darren. Somebody help us out with the four names because you've got a lot of them. We're clueless. Uh, so next on to my podcast addiction. Oh my I currently am subbed to eighty nine 
podcasts, several of which are abandoned, but I haven't removed them yet. Of the 28 I listen to every episode of, some are weekly, some are fortnightly, some are multiple per week. Many of them are quite short, under half an hour. Believe it or not, if I try and listen at normal speed, I find the podcast doesn't hold my attention. I agree. I find that with a lot of podcasts. Hmm. I checked back through my podcast app, and I started listening to DDT Wrestling on the 7th of February, 2018, and listened to pretty much every episode since. I'm glad. Non-restrictive podcasts that I'd recommend are American Scandal, a new podcast that covers financial scandals. So far, they've been covering the Balco scandal and the Barry Bonds, Marion Jones doping scandal. Ask the Industry, a comedian, Simon Kane, interviews people who work in the comedy industry, such as TV producers, writers, etc. The Parapod, two comedians, one of whom is a paranormal slash conspiracy theorist believer, and one who is most definitely not a believer, debate ghostly legends, and Phenomenon. That is the one that sounds like something you would listen to. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Do, 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 do. Phenomenon. Do you remember? Sorry, you're saying? Um, our friend Tall Guy. Ah, I don't remember him. He was once dating a woman. Who said that that song was bad luck because every time she heard that song, terrible things happened to her family. And I remember sitting there and being like, for a very attractive woman, you're an idiot. If this is the person who I think it is. The blonde one. Mm. I'm just going to refrain from commenting on the air. But you're not incorrect in your assessment. Okay. Phenomenon. I hope you find them enjoyable, and apologies again for an even bigger wall of text. Regards, Mags, a.k.a. Darren, a.k.a. Dej Kirkbe. We love that you're listening. We love that you're emailing. Darren, you are a bestie who is welcome every time and any time and all the time. Our next email comes from the bestiest of the besties, even with his credit card woes. It is Glenn, and it's called Back Row the Future. Out of curiosity, Darren, uh, why why did you start listening back in February? Just curious. What 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 was the impetus? Did you just happen to I see? I think he tweet? found. Yeah, I think he found us. I don't remember. Just curious. Anyways, but. back to Glenn. Uh, as they wheel out the old guard for Crown Jewel, who could you see from the current crop of superstars? Headlining the Saudi show 2028, when the next King Saud is giving Triple H a small fortune to entertain his kids' space question mark. Good luck in your future endeavors after episode 150. Your bestest bestie, then, now and always, Glenn. The Saudi show in 2028 will feature the, let's see, let me do the math, carry the one, the 23rd reunion of the shield and they will be taking on Braun Strowman um, Nicholas who will be of legal age by that point and David Arquette I don't have a better answer than that 
but yeah, we're 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 kind of wrapping up. Uh, Stephanie and Beverly are apparently taking over. I believe they expected more of a fight. They did not know their audience very well. <laughs> they didn't know us very well, apparently. Because no, what you're gonna you're gonna allow us to be even lazier? Thank you and good luck. Yes, yes. Uh, well, uh, the next email, a baker's dozen, comes in from Kevin Johnson. Sorry, guys, very busy at the moment dishing out tea bags to the world following a promotion in work to write a long-winded email, but I wanted to be involved in the potential Baker's Dozen for oh, one Baker's of your final dozen. shows. Keep up the good work, as it's keeping me entertained whilst driving all over the country. By any chance, can you record twice a week, or do your work schedules only really allow once a week? Thanks, Kev. Send for my iPhone X! Very fancy. Um, well, I suppose we could record twice a week in the last week or so of the show. In fairness, and- while we've done poorly recently, we ostensibly have been recording twice a week. We have been recording. We, t- we originally started by bulking the lists. We, record, we would record three or four at a time and then just slowly release them. Um, but over the last few months, we have been recording twice a week. Yeah. Again, I don't know that our schedules don't permit us to podcast more often. It's just, I'll say it on my end, a slight lack of desire. You You were working on other projects. A little bit there, yeah. So you had other stuff going on. Uh, But again. You were working on another project. Yeah, I've gotten one done. (laughs) <laughs> and the amount of effort see the, so the thing is and I'll, I'll just freely admit it this is where I've, I've this is my problem I've, I've, I've hit a wall because the problem is unless the people I want to talk to also use audacity I don't know how to get their audio ah for the show so mm. there's something called Zencaster that apparently works so I can click a button and it records both ends, but I don't never yeah. used it before. There's something called Pamela, which records Skype calls. I've never used that before. So it, it came to a point where I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have to learn a whole new thing in order for this to work. And as a teacher, you wholeheartedly embraced the idea of needing to learn something new. I enjoy being Perfect. a lifelong learner. I just, that's, I'm already learning the nature of the show. I'm already learning how to do something a little different. So now I have to learn something else. So I'm either just going to do the show with people that I know can do it the way I want to do it, or I'm going to have to learn it, or I'll release the episode with Chip, and that will be the end of that. You might as well just put it on the Patreon. True. Give those people something special. Patreon.com slash DDT Wrestling. You can listen to uh, 20-ish minutes of me ranting about diet on the way to Manson Manor in the middle of the night and talking to the women at Dunkin' Donuts. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, when Mrs. Manson told me, she's listened apparently, I have not, but when she told me that there is, uh, you went through the drive through whilst recording, I <laughs> yes. said, okay, this is, this is must-hear audio. Yes. Looking forward to it. All right. Um, so could we record twice a week, Kev? Yes. And oftentimes we do. Whether we will or not 
is a different question. Our next email comes from Mitchell. Let me know if at any point you want me to take these. I should read this one because I'm not going to have any idea what they're talking about. Probably me either, but go ahead. Pokemon Trivia Time by Mitchell Monroe. A few weeks ago, you guys mentioned that you thought all the Pokemon were based off animals and wondered if they had run out of ideas in later generations. The fact is, though, that even in the original games, 22 of the 151 Pokemon are definitely not based on any sort of animal or human-like creature, with 13 of those not even being based on any sort of living thing whatsoever. That being said... Yes? Would you you like to interject? I'm going to be honest here. I have no idea what the original 151 Pokemon are, but they've got to be at least somewhat based on things that exist. No? You asked for it. Hold on. Original Eh. 151 Pokemon. Come on, Google. Don't fail me now. List of Pokemon by National Pokedex number. List of Pokemon. Mm. My goodness. There's a whole world that I am just completely unfamiliar with. Let's go to Wikipedia. Generation 1. List of Pokemon. Oh, this doesn't have pictures. I mean, Bulbasaur. I mean, he's a mixture of an onion, a bulb, and a dinosaur. Right? Yeah. Let's see. Which ones have... There's one called Gloom. Where are the pictures? Dang it. I don't know. I would think there'd be somebody based on a cloud, which technically is not a living thing. This whole... I, this is a world I've never delved into. There's one called Moltres. That's a flying bird that's on fire. I feel like we should read the rest of the email because maybe he starts telling us about all right, these. All right, all I right. mean, I don't know. Let's see. That being said, I wanted to take time to tell you about one of the Pokemon villainous teams. In the black and white games, the bad okay. guys are Team Plasma, a group whose main objective on the surface was to liberate Pokemon from their human caretakers, claiming their rights were being infringed. Despite the fact that Pokemon are sentient, battle voluntarily, and do so in sport-like ways that when they are not in danger. However, underneath the leader, Getsis, had been manipulating his grunts with this false narrative, including his puppet leader, N when in reality he was using their force to try to establish power and dominion over those in Unova. I have just explained... I just have fun explaining the unexpected complexities of Pokemon to you all, and hearing your reactions as two that have little to no experience with it. Look forward to your last week, next week. I don't know what anything he just said means, DC. Well, there was a game... I love the fact. Can I, I can I compliment Pokemon? Pokemon Go was a great idea. Like I consider doing Pokemon Go just because it would encourage me to be active, but like using that augmented reality to actually like find the Pokemon, like as opposed to playing a video game, my students at least when Pokemon Go was a thing were like begging their parents to take them out to various places to look for Pokemon. Hot take. DC thinks Pokemon Go was a good thing. Hot takes, people. Hot takes. Thank you, Mitchell. (laughs) I I can't tell you how enriched my life is to have that information. 
Jeremy Carlisle, our good buddy Jeremy, says, I believe that children are the future. I have two children, <laughs> one age 12, and one who will be six in two weeks. DC works with children. Doc, I presume, has heard of children. In what ways can WWE do better to hook today's preteen audience into becoming lifelong fans? I'm trying to decide if I believe it's even possible. That I haven't heard of children? No. Oh, sorry. It was very easy for Little Doc and Little DC to become fans because in the late 80s, early 90s, there was not a huge amount of other options of things for us to get into. Yeah. Now it's 2018. There are as many streaming services, it feels like, as there are people. Uh, there are shows just coming out the ears. There are comic book movies. There are all of these games. It's a challenge to try to get these kids to be really into it. Like, really into it in the way that we were into it. Although, I suppose both of us fell away for a while. Yeah. I mean, in fairness, I think... WWE ostensibly is a children's entertainment product, I think. Yeah. But the thing that's always bothered me about it is that their flagship shows, Raw and SmackDown, are on late at night, a time yep. when young people are not able to even watch that programming. No. And in this day and age, I don't know. I have, I have no idea. Do they even still have television programming on on Saturday and Sunday mornings? Well, I mean, yes, in that the WWE Network exists. Right, but that doesn't count. Uh, and, the, but no. then, even if it was on television, in today's day and age, I'd have to imagine so few, not so many few, but I'd have to imagine there's a, a decent number of households out there that do not have television or cable television. Mm -hmm. So to really get through, I think this is maybe even what you were talking about a little bit, you have to go to where the kids are going for their entertainment. And so... As far as I know, that's YouTube and things like Twitch.tv. Um, so it's actually probably pretty smart on the WWE's behalf to do something like the Mixed Max Challenge yep. in combination with Facebook TV. Except, of course, um, kids under the age of 13 ostensibly cannot have a Facebook account. Um, but I don't think there is any such restriction necessarily on a Twitch account or YouTube account, so maybe mm -hmm. that's it. Those are the two platforms that I feel like they would need to focus on. They're, they made a very good choice in embracing Up, Up, Down, Down. Yeah. Embracing Xavier Woods' gaming show and just, and just kind of like leaning into that a little bit because that's going to get a lot of people who might not normally stick around with pro wrestling but if now they're watching that uh, you know their youtube presence has to be big they have to be getting people with that i think the mixed match challenge is helping you know baylor or bailey and balor are baylor yeah baylor that's really <laughs> we what are baylor. um but i think it's gonna be it'll be very interesting to see 10 15 years down the road how any of this works right like you know, there, like I said, there's so many services now. And eventually, Disney's going to have its streaming service with all of the comic book movies and all the Disney stuff. Like, 
it's it's a different world in terms of trying to get people's eyes. You want these kids essentially to grow up, maybe buy some merch, maybe go to a show, and give you ten dollars a month for the WWE Network. Yeah, they, I mean, you, you only need to lure them in that much. It's true, and but I mean, to even lure them in that much, again, I think the keys are YouTube and Twitch. Like, yeah, well, they need to figure out. I don't even know a whole lot about Twitch. Twitch is just watching people play video games, right? That's how it started, but no, there's actually like um, IRL channels now where like you might watch somebody who is doing a mukbang, which is just basically eating massive amounts of food. It's a Korean word for the for the uh, how for many the phenomenon. hours a day do you watch Twitch? Uh, I've watched Twitch a fair amount, and then you know not only is there that, but there's also like this. Uh, this rise now it's becoming a bit of a internet phenomenon it's called asmr uh audio sensory meridian response i believe Isn't that where they just scratch the yeah now like sounds noise. or scratching or tapping it's just like yeah it's becoming this huge sort of thing um and that's another one of those IRL channels i want to show where rusev does that. <laughs> I'm just saying. 45 minutes of Rusev just like crinkling paper. Yes. But my point is, oh though, if God, you can have something like that, there's no reason why you couldn't just have. And in fact, I've seen this for other wrestling promotions. I have seen, um, I think, I don't remember what it was, but there was some small independent promotion that did put one of their live events just free to watch on Twitch. They were doing, they were just streaming it live on Twitch. You could watch it that way. I wouldn't be surprised if WWE has a show, even if they did that recap show that we've talked about, yeah. something like a sports center, like here's an hour of this is what happened. Here are some clips. We'll enter, we'll talk to some people. We'll do some silly stuff. And you talk about, because like the question Jeremy asks, in what ways can WWE do a better job to hook today's preteen audience? Well, I mean, you look at look at the numbers that they tout on Raw and SmackDown. They talk about how the WWE YouTube channel has more subscribers than like the NHL, NBA, and MLB combined, right? They're always touting that stuff. More subscribers, more views. Uh, I would say that's maybe possibly because they've already started doing what we're suggesting and they're being very successful at it. I think there's going to be, again, time will tell. There's no way of predicting this. But YouTube is going to be how people watch. And I almost think Raw and SmackDown are starting to be written with YouTube in mind. Yeah. Short things, these maybe even these little off-camera interview things that we've seen, instead of these long 10-minute promos, short and sweet, it's going to be put up on there. You know, I'll look... Just going to YouTube, I think I'm subscribed to the WWE page. I'll, I'm just interested to see how many different videos have been posted since I checked last. And the answer is 100. There's been 100. Now, granted, I don't remember the last time I looked. But they're posting stuff all the time on their YouTube channel. So th maybe they are kind of... You know, figuring this out. Yeah, so let's see. Let, let's, let's just... Let, Humor me for a second. Uh, Maya Yim talking about the Mae Young Classic. Uh, Zack Ryder unboxing a Chewy doll. Uh, some more Mae Young Classic stuff. Some SmackDown moments. 
uh, Eddie Guerrero thing. Here's The Rock and Ronda Rousey from years ago. The Mix Match Classic, or the Mix Match Challenge, rather. Yeah, they're posting stuff constantly on that. There you go. That's going to be how they do it, Jeremy. All right. Our next email comes from our good buddy, Che, and he says his name is John Cena. Good evening, gents. After Cena's vague, I'm out the door style promo at the Super Showdown in Australia. Do you guys think we'll ever see that historic 17th title win for Big Match John? If not, are we settling down for Cena to now work a Triple H Undertaker-type schedule where he just turns up for Mania and maybe a Survivor Series coupled with these new glorified house shows in Saudi? Hope you guys are well, and please don't surrender the show to Beverly, Bethany, or anyone else who was involved. By all means, bring Mrs. Manson on board, though. All the best, Che. Sent from my Nokia 3310. Sent from my Samsung Galaxy smartphone. I still like to believe that he's got a Nokia. <laughs> um, John Cena wrestled in Australia, Saudi Arabia, WrestleMania, and then a whole bunch of shows leading up to that WrestleMania match. He was on regularly in uh, early 2018. Um, yeah, he's he's still gonna win the seventeenth title. I think so. I don't think I don't think that's done unless he personally doesn't want to eclipse Ric Flair. He's happy being talked about in the same conversation as Ric Flair. But Triple H was champion just a couple years ago. He was on his part time schedule and won the title. True. So you know Never I, say never. I would not put it past WWE to put that universal title on The Undertaker or Triple H or someone still. We saw Goldberg with it. Goldberg held the universal title. All bets are off. I mean, in fairness, Brock Lesnar held that title for a long, long time. Yeah. So John Cena will win 17, um, but I do think he's, he's not... You know, he'll come back when it's time to reveal that he and Nikki Bella never broke up. And, you know, they'll reunite for a season of Total Cena or whatever. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I think it's happening. All right, our final email. No, no info from the corner. That's good. Our final email comes from Jonathan and uh, the subject line near and dear to our hearts Oreos. What is your thought on the never-ending changes to Oreos with all these new flavors being added? Thanks, John Morse, John Superman. Um, it's a bit of a touchy subject because you're not on the Oreo train anymore, correct? Are you done with Oreos? I won't say I'm done with Oreos, but I have to don't, be more realistic in don't say that the quantities me. that I consume. Well, uh, you know, it's been a long, long while since we've. It's been a long, long while since we've uh, done an Oreo taste test. True. Sitting in that room you're in right now with the blueberry pie. Oh, don't the remind pop me. Rocks. Stop it. And the Remember lemon. that time that I put like four of them together, and it was just this <laughs> massive cacophony of disgustingness ringing in my mouth. Yeah. I immediately regretted it. Um, 
I had some JoJo's, which are the Trader Joe's version of an Oreo. They make a gluten-free JoJo. Not good. Not good. Yeah, I've yet to go to the Trader Joe's near us. Uh, we were we talked about it this weekend and actually never went out. We've been there I'm about sixteen the, times. You're a fan. You're you're on the Joe wagon. True. Uh, I'm looking at some of the flavors just to see. I know they did a Dunkin' flavor recently. What is that Dunkin' flavor? It's like a mocha Dunkin' oh. Donuts mocha. Let's put it this flavor. Way. As far as I'm concerned. They can add all the new flavors they want, as long as they never try to get me to eat a buffalo wing Oreo. I was just thinking. It was just like... I bet you it exists, though. Now that I say it out loud, that just seems like an obvious one that they would have done, right? I'm on a website called hellogiggles.com. Sounds reputable. I want to read about these six new flavors. Uh, Let's see. There's the firework ones. There's Mickey Mouse ones that are birthday cake flavored. Rocky Road Trip. Interesting. Chocolate peanut butter pie. Strawberry shortcake to taste like the good humor bar. Hot chicken wing and wasabi flavored Oreos are coming to a supermarket near you. If you live in China, that is. This was Asia in has weird. Yeah, Asia has weird flavors of everything. They have a peppermint bark Oreo that I need to get my hands on. I love me some peppermint Limited bark. edition fried chicken Oreos. Oh my god. Yeah. If you go to if 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 we ever decide to just take this show on the road, whatever we do after this, uh yeah, China and Japan have some crazy stuff. There was a speaking of YouTube, I think it was a BuzzFeed page or something. It was people trying all sorts of Japanese Kit Kats because they have like a hundred different I've flavors. I've tried actually a fair number of Japanese Kit Kats. One of my uh, staff members came back from Japan with like a uh, a variety bag of just like minis, you know, and they shared with everybody. So I've had several different flavors of Japanese alcohol infused Kit Kats, which were strange. <laughs> Yeah. As well as like a wasabi and, you know, ginger. I feel like we are overdue for eating food on the show. Not just me eating a banana. But hey, although I debated. Where's your Yasso bar? That's what's missing from today's episode. I didn't want to be typecast, so I figured (laughs) for one of our final shows, I would. uh, Okay. You got to show that you've got range. I see. I see how it is. I would eat it before we went on the air. Okay. Fair enough. As soon as I sent you that message that I was ready, did you just go to the freezer and just swallow it whole and you're just waiting for the stick to come back? Like, what's. Just give it time. All right. All right. Uh, Thank you to everyone for the emails. I'm glad no one else died. That's good. Not yet. Um, So that means, I believe, what is your piece of positivity heading into the week? Huh. Well, I'm still super... Well, first, my real piece of positivity, not heading forward, but from the week that has passed, is Super Showdown. DC Matthews came to Manson Manor, 5 o'clock a.m. It was crazy. It was stupid. Why did we do that? I don't know. We could have watched it on demand at any time if that's what we wanted to do. There's just something about watching it live. And the fact that you're crazy enough to come over here and I'm crazy enough to let you. I don't know. There's just something about it. I was going to say... Mrs. Matthews, the alarm issue notwithstanding, was like, why can't you watch these shows at this time all the time? 
She's like, you, you're welcome to go to 6 a.m. shows <laughs> at Doc's house anytime you want. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's not how it works. No, we it's don't not. live in. There's a there's a time zone though. I should figure out. Maybe we need to move to Sweden or somewhere <laughs> where the. I've you heard know, it's the very time... nice. I was just reading an article about how the amount of parental leave you get and the amount of t- you know, gender equality in Sweden. So. I've heard Copenhagen is very nice. I don't even know what country that's in, but I'd go there. Denmark, I believe. Yes, Denmark. it is Denmark. Yes, you're right. Yeah. Um, so, Super Showdown. Do you have another one? I, I felt like you were going oh, for two. I was two. just going to say, I, it's still Shocktober. I'm still uh, on my horror movie binge. You apparently, I don't want to talk too much about it because I found a picture that just disturbed me. The clown movie? Ah, with Terrifier. The, well, yeah, you're watching some creepy ones. Yeah, well, I mean, that just happened to me on Netflix, and I liked the poster. And have I mentioned this on the show yet, that movie? Cause, no, because we talked about it at Super Showdown. Ah, well, let's. I'm just going to come out and say it. If you, there, There's a scene in which a, a nubile young blonde woman is hanging upside down uh, uh, from her ankles, which are chained to the rafters, and um, this maniac clown takes a rusty hacksaw, and 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 starting from not her head, just goes straight down through. Uh, like it's it's graphic, it's gross, it's mean. I'm not sure if I like that movie or not, but to some extent, you gotta respect the the the, the practical effects. Uh, but yeah, talk talk about a mean, now is this mean idea movie. that you're watching new mo- like every day you watch a new horror movie that you haven't seen before? Correct. I mean, some people do like to put together a list where they revisit the classics. Um, they like to you know have that nostalgia rush and and visit some seasonally appropriate favorites. Um, but I don't do that actually. Uh, for my Shocktober's the last three years at least. Uh, yeah, nothing but new films, films I've never seen before, films I think I should watch, or just things that caught my interest. I don't know why, but I tend not to watch any horror movies, like, the whole rest of the year, so I just sort of get it all out of my month, out of my, out of my system this one month, and I don't know why that is, I really should just start doing it more often, watching one once a week, you know, actually updating my B-Movie Geek website, or evolve that into something new i've been thinking more about that recently so maybe that's where i will redirect some of my creative juices in the near future i i I don't know i just um i just i love i do love horror movies and there's a lot of them out there a lot of old classics that i've never seen although i'm aware of and there's enough movies out there that i don't need to rewatch them you know what i mean just let's find something new let's find something else um with all these streaming services there's so many options in front of you. I just, I just pick one. You know what I mean? What's tonight? What's tonight's movie? I don't know yet. I'm literally going to go downstairs, turn on Netflix or Shutter or Amazon, and I'm just going to pick something that catches my eye. I don't even plan ahead. I just, uh, I just, I just pick one. There's a there's a podcast in here, and Mrs. Manson needs to be a part of it because she watches many of these, not all of them, but for someone who's not. I don't believe she's a horror fan. No. I think she can appreciate it, but she's not a horror fan. I, I agree that there is potentially a show in there, but I don't think she watches nearly enough of them to to have that show at this point. Even a pod blast, 20 minutes, 
maybe not with her, but 20 minutes a day or, you know, just to kind of go through and be like, this was the movie I watched. Here's my recommendations for the week. I watched seven movies. Here's the two that I think you should watch. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. There's there's something there. Maybe there's something, there's something for something a Patreon there. in there. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, my piece of positivity is seven feet tall and 500 pounds. Harvey? And he is back at least... He was yesterday. The big show out of nowhere. Hmm. Wrestling Randy Orton. Uh, I thought you were I, talking I pop- about the puka. No, I don't know what that is. Harvey. The Invisible Bunny. Yes. With Jimmy Stewart. Yeah. So I'm familiar with tall, that. 500 pounds. Harvey. But, well, maybe that's who the big show is. But yes, but the, uh, but the big show is back and I. Is he better than ever? He's been gone. Let's not go Does that Does he far. have a knack for making things better? He made my life better because I saw that he was going to be wrestling Randy Orton. Did and you face I the went, facts what? and realize that your opinions don't matter? You know a lot of those lyrics. That's <laughs> good. Eric Bischoff had a good theme song. That's all I'm saying. He did. I, I enjoyed it. I just didn't know all of the words. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I was glad yeah. to see the big show back. I don't need to see him back regularly, but every now and then. Come on back there, Big Show. Come on back. Uh, we hope you come on back to next week. So let me make sure I've got this straight in my calendar. Next week is 149, and then after that is 150. When are we done? Are we done at 149 or at 150? It's unclear. Um, I think maybe at 149. I think they're taking over at 150, right? Yeah, I think next week is our final show. May, oh, you know what, Coroner D'Angelo, D'Angelo, maybe you need to write in and let us know. Uh, when is this transfer of power occurring? Is it one... Or Stephanie or Beverly. There's so many people we could hear from. That's true. I mean, either one... There's so many is different... It there's so many different Outlook accounts we could hear from. So many different ones. Ask and thou shall receive. This late-breaking email comes in from Coroner D'Angelo with the subject line, No Taxi Killings This Time. Hello, Dr. Matthews and D.C. Manson. I see he still hasn't gotten those right. Relax, no taxi killings this time. Before I begin, I can confirm that Jeremy has been cleared of Bethany's murder after Danielle gave him an alibi. I am emailing you in regards to Stephanie and Beverly deciding to come over to complete the takeover and read the decree that the late Bethany wrote. Because of what happened last week, Beverly and Stephanie decided to catch separate planes in a tactical move so that they wouldn't be targeted again. Beverly decided to fly in first. After what happened last time, authorities ensured she was giving given a registered taxi and was greeted at the airport by her designated driver after picking up some dog food for Oscar. The plan is to read the decree to you as we prepare for the takeover on DDT-150. The girls will have their own studio in Manhattan, New York, but will be pooping into Manson Manor at some point to collect everything they need from you. Keep the doorbell on. I just want to point out, I know it's supposed to be popping, but it does, in fact, say pooping into Manson Manor. And frankly, I'm not sure Mrs. Manson would approve. Anyway, back to Bev's journey. Beverly got to the hotel safely thanks to her registered driver, and everything is fine and dandy. However, as she entered her hotel room, someone was waiting for her. Beverly Dakota has been killed. I will give you time to process that. I couldn't be any more sorry. This is something that even I thought would be avoided. I have been in this job for 30 years and never seen anything like it. 
Unfortunately, no one from the Dakota family was able to comment, but Stephanie Van Dyke has. In her words, I have no words. I'm in shock. I never thought in a million years that this would happen again. Yes, I booked a three-star hotel, but to think it would lead to this? I have no words. I will not let this break me. Episode 150 will be a tribute show with the planned fashion catalog reviews commencing on 151. I hope the DDT fans can emphasize that I won't be at my best for the first few episodes. But to steal a line from Vince McMahon, the show must go on. I will not let any of you down. I will be there for you from day one because I know you all have supported me from day one by attending the festival. My heart is broken, but the DDT spirit is not. After the occurrences of the past two weeks, Stephanie will not be flying into the U.S. as planned and will deliver Bethany's decree via periscope from Amsterdam to the DDT universe. She, expe- she is expected in the U.S. soon, but way, way later than expected for her own safety and will be with a security team to guard her. But that won't be next week as planned, so on next week's episode, there won't be an email. Stephanie, I promise, is 2 million percent safe. I guarantee this takeover will go ahead. A lot of groundwork is already in place. She is all set. My condolences again, gentlemen. This is the last you will ever hear from me. Have a great life, and good luck with the handover. As far as the killer is concerned, all CCTV footage shows them wearing a hoodie and a baklava. (laughs) That's not what it says. (laughs) balaclava and they cannot be recognized however a book entitled the history of birmingham was found in the hotel room kind regards d'angelo d'angelo i guess that answers that question the coroner's name is in fact d'angelo d'angelo and uh you know uh, i'm gonna go ahead and get this inserted into the episode proper i can only imagine what dc's comments on this would be just saying here we are no idea Uh, all right well we're glad you joined us for our potentially penultimate journey into the world of wrestling talk um thank you for joining us for another fun-filled hour and change of ddt wrestling we learned about uh towel health we learned about the australia show Uh, We talked about the similarities between comic book fans and wrestling fans, which was a very good point on your end. And we answered our emails, and I feel fulfilled. I'm not going to lie. So thank you again for joining us. If you want, let's ask Doc the question we always ask. Anything else you'd like to say, Doc Manson, before we head out into that good night? If you'd like to send us an email and have your thoughts read on the air, you can do so by sending your message to podcast at ddtwrestling.com. If you'd like to hear the other episodes of DDT Wrestling or the episodes of The List, you can do so by going to your pod portal of choice or by going to ddtpod.com. And finally, if you enjoy what you've heard, and how could you, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Wrestling to send just a couple of dollars our way yes folks the low tier is two dollars a month much less than your uh your grande cappuccino okay hey i i but i get a uh i occasionally will get a medium grande uh soy latte uh that that goes for north of five dollars these days and i just i 
it's reaching the point where I cannot justify the cost of a latte anymore. I'm very glad, you know, I've never been a coffee drinker, never been a latte drinker, but I had a serious Diet Coke addiction for a very long time. And even that, if you go to like the vending machine at school at $1.25 for a 12 ounce can, that's two, if you drink two a day, which I used to, that's two fifty a day, which is, you know, you're spending close to $20 a week. I'm glad I kicked that particular habit. Makes yeah. life a lot makes life a lot easier. He is Doc Manson at Doc Manson. I am DC Matthews at the DC Matthews. And for the second to last time, I ask you, won't you be our besties?